Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director. Joining me is Risha Lilienthal, Curator, Yay. and Reggie Bauer. I feel like I need to give you a different title every time so mm-hmm. you know people know how skilled you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what would we call him today? The mediator? The mediator. <laughs> I love it. Ooh. And I don't know. That's kind of like... Anyway, I'm thinking our topics. That oh, might does that be fit with our topics today? Yeah. So our pops that we did this time are not quite as simple as last round. No, they're weird. Well, kind of yes and no. Yeah. Um, wolves. Yeah. Mm. Packs. Mm-hmm. Candy. Uh-huh. Nuts. Okay. Well, It yeah. makes logical sense. Well, it won't. It won't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started with wolves. Yes. Uh, that's because somebody came in, uh, now it's probably been about a month ago, uh, and asked to see an article about wolves and there was a specific incident that happened in 1949 that they were looking for because they were relatives of the person that this happened to or at Hmm. least one of the couple uh so i'm gonna read you the article here all right it's titled big bad wolves meet more than their match stories of wolves attacking people have been circulated ever since the days of red riding hood Wolves in packs, single wolves, and even ghost wolves have made interesting villains to horror stories for centuries. But when a man and his wife, armed only with a pair of oars, tackle a pack of wolves, that's something out of the ordinary. And when they bring back three dead wolves to prove the story, it is something extra in the way of news. So. Yeah. So. So. Glenn L. Whitcomb of Wells and Mr. and Mrs. H. E. Peed, P-I-E-D-E, of Albert Lee had rented a houseboat and were cruising on Lake Nipigan, 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 I don't know, uh, about 80 miles northwest of Port Arthur, Canada. One day, Mr. and Mrs. Whitcomb were fishing in small boat in a small boat some distance from the houseboat. They see eight wolves. Mm. As they rounded a point of land, they encountered eight wolves swimming from an island to shore. After a quick survey of the situation, the Whitcombs decided to try and hit one of the wolves with an oar to see (laughs) if they could kill it. Uh, Just because... (laughs) New game. Right. (laughs) They maneuvered alongside of a swimming wolf and despite the growing, growling and snapping, managed to stun him with a blow from an oar. Mrs. Whitcomb then grabbed the wolf by the tail and held it so its head was under the water. (gasps) My goodness. And dragged it it till it drowned while they started after another wolf. This is the worst story you've ever shared. (laughs) A second wolf was dispatched in the same manner and another was pursued until he reached shallow water where he started to clamor out of the lake. A jolt from the oar and dousing by Mrs. Whitcomb finished the third wolf and the elated couple journeyed back to the houseboat with their catch. An astonished guide and perplexed Canadian (laughs) uh, warden viewed the unusual catch with some skepticism. 
The game warden examined the animals for bullet wounds and possible law violations since guns are forbidden in the area, but finally conceded the fact that the wolves had met death in a legal, if not unusual, manner. Uh, The wolf will only take to the water in extreme emergencies, the warden said. So he reasoned they were starved off the island and were seeking mainland hunting. Hmm. And Mr. and Mrs. Whitcomb await a $75 bounty payment for the unusual feat, but have picture enough to prove that they killed the three wolves. Wow. So I, I guess you do have to take into consideration the time. Yeah, right? 1949. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, they did have bounties right. on wolves, which, you know, now they're... Now they're Can't like, do that. don't even oh, yeah. think about touching them. Right? Like the ecosystem is fragile. But who just out hanging out? <laughs> oh, there's a wolf. Let's take our oars and yeah. beat it over the head and you lift it up and drown it. Yeah. Bonk. Who who does? Well, see, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, so they were defending themselves because these wolves came out to attack them. But right, then in there, they're like, we're just sidling up to these ones. <laughs> just for sport. We're yeah. looking for trouble. That's ho- I'm sorry. I, that's horrible. Yeah, I love wolves. I do too. Yeah. But again, you have to take into consideration that. Well, and maybe they thought, oh, they're going to get close to our camp then too. If they're going maybe. to the native area, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Wow, that's a crazy story. Well, I went to packs because you know wolves and packs, which you talked mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. but I didn't think of wolf packs. Oh. For some reason, cigarette packs popped into my head. Oh, interesting. Which then turned to cigar packs, which really isn't true because it's cigar boxes. Yeah, (laughs) but they're packed in boxes. But they are. That's true. Yeah. Um, And I thought this was really cool. Did you know there was a cigar cigar shop in Albert Lee? in 1938 that was owned by two sisters. Ooh. Hmm. Now that's kind of... Unusual. Right, mm-hmm. to be business owners. She's so but, unusual. But to, <laughs> <laughs> but then to own a cigar shop, which would be a, a men's pleasure, right? Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mrs. Mrs. <laughs> the Mrs. Alice and Grace Peterson purchased Clemmy Cigar Store. Mrs. It's M I S S E S, Mrs. Oh, okay. The two Mrs. The two Mrs. Alice and Grace, well known in business circles in this city, formerly being associated with Western Grocer, have purchased the Clemmy Cigar Store in the Home Investment Building. The new owners took over the business today, which was April 4th, 1938. No name had been decided upon for the store at this time, but plans are to make the service to customers first class and to add a malted milk service at some time in the near future. For the present, the store will continue along the same lines as previously, the hours during which it will remain open continuing the same as before. The store is known to everyone in the city, having been started by the late J.P. Clemmy when the home investment building was opened. A citywide list of friends wish the Mrs. Peterson (laughs) the very best of good fortune in their new venture. Huh. Oh, are they sisters? They're sisters. Okay. They're sisters that co-owned a cigar store, and before that, they had both worked at the... um, 
at Western Grocer together. Aww. One was a book cupier, and I don't know what the other one had done. Um, but both were born in Clark's Grove and then moved to Albert Lee. And they owned the store until um, they died. Grace passed away, and then a few years later, Alice passed away. Um, um, one was 63 and one was 78 at the time of their death. Hmm. So 63 is pretty young. Um, but <laughs> they carried the complete supplies for the smokers, cigarettes, pipes and cleaners, tobaccos, lighters, humidors. We cater to every taste and fancy in tobacco. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, the other thing they did for her a box of delicious candy. Hmm. Improve your status with the girlfriend. Send her a box of our delicious chocolates packed beautifully, packed in beautiful holiday boxes. Alice Grace Cigar Store. So they Aww. actually named it the Alice huh. Grace Cigar Store. Cool. Like it. And they sold candy. They did sell candy, and that's what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Uh, because we have in the red shed a candy making stove and ribbon um, machine. We do. We do. Yes. Uh, and the stove and machine were used by the John and Angie Papas. P a p p a s. Papas. Papas. I believe. Papas family and the Pagan family. They didn't give a first name to that. Um, but they they cooked the sticky taffy mixture and rolled and fed it into the ribbon candy machine. And um, this is how I found out that if you look at the photo, so I'm showing you two here. You can see the stove here, and then mm -hmm. this is the ribbon machine up top. Okay. And now I thought that it was together. But that ribbon machine on top comes off and is placed elsewhere. So you actually use the stove underneath. Yeah. And then you like you kind of move the sticky mixture um, and uh, roll it up and then feed it into this machine here. And then it, it it'll. So like we're talking like the ribbon candies like at Christmas yes, time. Yes, exactly those. Ooh. Yeah. So we had somebody who would make that make use that here. Cool. Um, and it was a machine that was first developed by a Dr. Lasky in 1886 and but like the ribbon candy itself had developed centuries earlier in yeah. Europe it's a, a, like you said it's a big Christmas candy yeah. um, and he did the first mechanical candy crimper which is what we have uh, instead of using your thumb which was what they used to use uh, and he made that 1886 and because um, a uh, Marblehead candy maker Girdler. That's an interesting first name. Hmm. Girdler. That is an interesting um, first name. Stacy was his last name. Uh, in the 1880s, was looking for a simpler, faster way to make the holiday ribbon, and so he made the candy crimper, and it spread really quickly. And 1886, he patented it, and um, for the next 15 years, he was shipping them around the world. Hmm. And it was a hand-cranked device, so you would crank it with your hand to get the, the mixture to go um, waving through the ribbon making. Yeah. Um, and then it would kind of dry that way, and you would pop it out, and it would be made. That is so cool. I did not mm -hmm. know. So how did you discover? Is Does it have a tag on it saying what it is? Yes, it does. Okay, so yep. I'm like, how did you figure it, out what that was? It has a candy maker stove, and then it says who it's from and that they 
rolled the taffy mixture and fed it into the ribbon candy oh, machine. That's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And if you look up the ribbon candy uh, machine, it you see the, the exact same thing that's on top. So I only know of one kind that must be they have so far. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I liked your candy conversation or the the topic. Yeah. And I could remember as a kid, and I threw out nuts. Yeah. Because I can remember as a kid coming to Albert Lee. So this would have been in the 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. And there was a little spot where you could buy candy and um, like warm nuts. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if it's this particular place, but um, I'd asked um, Linda for a little assist on here. And she sent me Gust Manos, G-U-S-T, last name M-A-N-O-S. Um. And in 1908, the article appeared in the Freeborn County Standard on the Albert Lee Candy Kitchen, which it, it almost reads like an advertisement. But <laughs> almost everyone likes candies and confections in some form or another, and we have yet to find the man or woman that does not enjoy a delicious glass of ice cream soda or a dish of ice cream. This is especially true of the candies or cream from the Albert Lee Candy Kitchen as owned and operated by Mr. Gust Manos. Mr. Manos has been established at the corner of Broadway and Main Streets for the past two years and has built up a very satisfactory patronage. His store is large and well-equipped for the work in hand, and they manufacture all their own cream, candies, chocolates, bonbons, etc. I thought bonbons were candies, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> using none but the best and purest ingredients. In addition to the line of candies, they also handle California fruits and nuts, domestic and foreign cigars, etc. Twelve tables are at the disposal of those who eat ice cream at the parlor, and the place is always well patronized. Both a wholesale and a retail business is done in the ice cream department, and Mr. Manos and his three assistants are constantly busy. We know of no place at which we would sooner spend a quiet afternoon with friends than at the ice cream parlor of the Albert Lee Candy Kitchen. And then some years later, there's a fine new popcorn popper and peanut roaster in front of the Albert Lee Candy Kitchen under the direction of its owner, Gus, they said Gus, but it's Gus Manos, is enjoying the same rushing business that his other well-appointed departments do. Hmm. And if I'm remembering, if this is the place you could walk up and order and you'd get this little bag and the nuts were warm. Hmm. Okay, why? I don't know. It was something, I don't know. The style, the preference that it was nice. they were made with? Um, I can remember as a young adult when um, Dayton's department stores were still around they had warm roasted like cashews or almonds Ooh. um i don't maybe they did they roast them on the spot maybe i don't maybe know that's why yeah um but that's the first thing that i thought of when you said candy was warm the warm nuts you could get okay and you have candy kitchen or is it c candy and then k kitchen yes okay because i could just imagine them doing the 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 k candy, candy. oh no kitchen because that's what you know the american gas company did with like their oh, camp they did. you're like, right you know mm. you know so. no they did they kept it c-a-n-d-y i like how that sounds sounds though candy kitchen the candy kitchen yeah. albert lee candy kitchen yeah um and it made me think we don't have any candy 
makers here in town anymore. Yeah, I guess not, not. There's none. But I'm going to do a plug because we are working with Costas Candies and Oatana, yeah. and we have those in our gift shop, and they're made fresh. Oh my goodness, they're so good. Ooh. I think I've bought two boxes. <laughs> I think I've eaten both boxes. <laughs> Whoopsie. And we don't we need a popcorn place where we can go get like caramel oh, corn. Oh, I forget about Merrill's. Mm-hmm. Do they do cheesy corn at Merrill's? Oh, I don't know. We'll have, have to, to check. Find out. We'll have to find out. We should invite Merrill's to come for Autumn in the Village. Not Autumn in the Village. Well, that too, but yeah. Shakespeare in the Village. Shakespeare in the Village. That yeah. would be fun. Because mm-hmm. we all in love August. our popcorn. Yeah. August 20th, 24th through the 26th. Perfect time for popcorn. Definitely. Definitely.